Testing. This is this is real. I'm here testing. The microphone still works. It's been three months since I've recorded. It's your boy Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast. I am on the microphone for the first time in three months, so I'm rusty. So bear with me today. Uh, thought I would come in and talk a little bit today. So welcome to my TED Talk. I've been thinking about doing this for a couple of reasons for a while, but I wanted to wait to the right time. Uh, first of all, shout out to my Philadelphia Eagles. We just lost the Super Bowl, so this will tell you when I'm recording this. Uh, great year, heck of a year. Uh, fell short, really good game, one of the best Super Bowl games, but we lost. Here comes the jokes from the Cowboys fans. Hey, it is what it is, uh, but we got there. We were in the Super Bowl, um, best team all year, just couldn't couldn't finish, but shout out to Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest of all time in his position, two Super Bowls in four years, uh, two Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs. Um, he's a heck of a player at 27 years of age. So, hey, more football to come next year. Uh, shout out to LeBron James while I'm on sports. Broke the all-time scoring record. LeBron James is, is my all-time favorite player. And uh, super excited for him. So that happened in the middle. But back to the podcast. Uh, so I this time... Last season, I put out an episode in December. It was Mecca Amani, the end of 2021, end of season one. Season two came back, episode 31 on February 14th, 2022, to start off the new season. In between there, I was going through a lot of things personally. If you've been listening for a long time, you know these things. Uh, two of my best episodes ever that have streamed extremely well still get listens. Uh, the shoulder shrug episode then on January 30th, I think I dropped it, 2022. And then followed by, uh, I think on the 4th, I dropped, February 4th, that is, I dropped Rest in Peace. And those are two episodes that dealt with a lot of personal things to me, uh, some things that were going on in the media. I want to send special love to April Simpkins, who I've gotten to know very well. Uh, she is the mother of Chesley Christ, who passed away to suicide on January 30th, 2022. So it's been just about a year, over a year since she passed. I had a chance to message her the other day to check in with her. She's still going through it. But those are some of the events that, that triggered my mind. I want to give special shout out to Regina King. Regina King, whose son Ian Alexander had passed a suicide around the same time. And she recently posted a tribute to her son on her on her Instagram. I think it was the first time she had posted anything to her Instagram in a year. And it was like a balloon releasing into the sky in memory of her loving, uh, loving son who passed the suicide. So, you know, uh, it, it really, really, really um, was was just uh, a tough time, you know, a year ago. But uh, we got through it. We put out some episodes like in between the seasons just to kind of let you know where my mindset were. And it turned out, even though we never counted them as official episodes of the podcast, they did extremely well and people love it. And so I'm kind of back in that type of, to just update you, let you know where my mind is. And towards the end of this episode, I'll tell you a little bit about, you know, the future of the podcast, but I just wanted to come in and just chat. You know, it's been three months since um, I've released you know, my last uh, podcast episode, I think it was November 16th, maybe, uh, Unapologetic. 
last episode of the season. And, um, you know, it's it's been a while and I've taken some rest and I'm still resting. And I'll talk about that more. Uh, but it was intentional, intentional rest, intentional break. You know, when you do anything for a long time, uh, you know, you get you get you get tired. Right. You get you need a break. You need to relax. So that's really what I've been doing. Um, and. I'd be remiss not to mention you know, DJ Steven Twitch boss who passed in December to suicide that really shocked the world when that happened. And just another situation of, you know, depression, not having a look where, you know, it, it, someone, Oh, I can't believe it. Can't believe they died. I can't believe, you know, they looked happy. Well, a lot of us look happy and we go about our lives every day. And so may, may he rest peacefully and, love and, and prayers to his family, his wife and the kids that he left behind. And that's been on my mind heavy as well during this break. So just a little bit of quick little walkthrough of where things have been uh, after, you know, Thanksgiving and specifically, you know, uh, Christmas time. I was really, really intentional about taking a break. When I recorded the last episode of the podcast, I had just come back from several trips. I mean, I had been like in just in, from September onward, like D.C., um, Philadelphia, New York City, um, Philadelphia again, uh, California, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, the Bay Area. Uh, so I, I just was doing a lot of traveling. So I took off a bunch of time around Thanksgiving and Christmas, but didn't go anywhere. I was super intentional. I just like stayed to myself. I was home, I think, during Thanksgiving. I binge-watched a series called The Crown, which was phenomenal uh, about the British monarchy. The acting is impeccable. Um, that's like 50 episodes. Like, I just was, you know, one of my things for my self-care is just chilling, not being bothered. As of my older years, I'm not really that keen on being outside, quote-unquote, like being in the club or the bars all the time. I, I want to, if I'm not traveling in another state, another country, I just want to be home watch my Netflix not being bothered. So that's what I was doing. And I was intentional about not traveling, traveling anywhere, not driving anywhere, not, you know, just, just being still, uh, taking a little bit of break from social media, not posting as much and just, just chilling, relaxing. And that really proved to be beneficial for me because I knew coming into 2023, I was going to have a busy start to the year and getting going with, so speaking engagements. So, you know, there's some stuff that I've already done virtually, um, some virtual speaking engagements that will be released gradually this year. So more to come on that. But my first in-person speaking engagement of 2023, I went down to Orlando, Florida to speak at PodFest. Now, if you've been a long-time listener, you know um, I spoke at PodFest uh, last May. And it came back around quicker this year. And I'm still not sure. I meant to ask the organizers. I don't know if January is the usual time. If May had just been after they come off the pandemic, needed more time to plan it, maybe January is the normal time. But in 2022, it was in May. In 2023, it was in January. So um, I was asked to speak there again. And this time, something called a Pecha Kucha speech, which is like a, 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 a mini TED talk. And I got a chance to get up there and tell a story about my life, my journey, and the, using visual pictures, and I chose to tell a story about how my healing process and my mentorship 
got me to the White House, got me, you know, on my journey, got me to have one of the best years I've ever had in my life in 2022, transformative years, but an amazing year of speaking, of being engaged, of learning, of building relationships. And so I told that story. And I mean, the response was amazing. I mean, there were so many folks who came up to me afterward or messaged me on, it's called the Wuva app, which is an app like you can communicate and have your events that people network through and said they love to talk. Um, they really appreciated me speaking about mental health so openly and honestly. I was able to connect with some old colleagues, people who I hadn't met at the previous podfest, like Miss Mary Keeney from Boom Your Face Podcast. I played one of her clips on this podcast before, and we did some more content while we were out there. Uh, it just was so, it was so peaceful. It, it, it was so humbling, too, as newer podcasters coming up to me. I've only been doing this coming up on two years in April, April 16th will make two years. I've been doing this podcast and people coming up to me, like I've been doing it for 10 years. I'm like, I'm still new. I'm still learning things too. But people looking at me as an expert coming up to me, asking me questions, asking me to be on their show, asking me for advice. It was just so humbling. And to see all the new talent of people who are really passionate about podcasting, this was their biggest turnout yet. So many people who didn't come out in 22 based off still kind of the pandemic being out there, they all showed up this year. It was packed. It was the hotel right across from SeaWorld. Beautiful scenery. It was so peaceful uh, to be there. And I really, really enjoyed meeting so many new friends. I was only there for about three of the five days, but really, really good events. Um, learned some new information that I'm going to apply into my podcast, some new things that I'm working on personally. And I met so many faces. So if you're listening to the show now, because we met out there in uh, Orlando, just thank you for tuning in. Make sure you connect with me if you haven't already on Instagram or email. So that way we can uh, we can get to know each other a little bit more. But uh, that was really impactful. I really enjoyed telling that story, listening to everyone else's shares, reconnecting with old people and, um, you know, meeting some new people. So that was a really, really cool event um, at the end of January. Uh, out there in Orlando. And then I came back from Orlando and I went to Palm Springs, California the next week. And this was an interesting, interesting trip because when I flew to Palm Springs to speak at this wellness retreat, I was supposed to fly one day, like I got an email saying to confirm my flight, like the check-in, like the 24-hour period. And the next minute, it said it was canceled. I was supposed to fly through Dallas. Dallas is a huge hub for American Airlines going west. You're going to almost always stop in Dallas if you're coming from a smaller airport, like I live in a smaller market. Unless you're flying from a hub or a bigger airport, you're going to touch Dallas if you're trying to go west on American Airlines, right? Uh, so... They had ice storms or something, so my flight got canceled. I was supposed to fly right into Palm Springs. <laughs> uh, I was able to get on the line for an hour with American, and they were able to get me a last-minute flight from where I live to Charlotte, another big hub, not as big as Dallas for American, but maybe their second largest hub um, in the country to fly to LAX, Los Angeles. I had just been in Los Angeles a few months ago. Think about Los Angeles. Los Angeles is... About 120 miles from Palm Springs, but in traffic is about a two and a half, three hour drive. But since I got, had to fly into LA, got a rental car, I went and saw some cool things. I went to the Santa Monica Pier, beautiful beachside, a lot of things going on there. And then I drove to Griffith Park, 
Griffith Park is one of the highest points, if not the highest point in L.A., where you can see the Hollywood sign to your right. You can see downtown L.A. and the backdrop. There's an observatory up there. In fact, if you're a fan of Adele, uh, late last year, she did a performance right there on the top of that mountain when she was promoting her new album. And she did a special performance and performed those new songs as well as some old uh, favorites with Oprah in attendance, Drake, Tyler Perry. It was a big fanfare. And uh, she was in that same spot. So I drove there. And I'm like, well, if I'm in L.A., I might as well, you know, see a couple of cool things in L.A. And then I started my, my track down I-10 to Palm Springs. It took me about three plus hours to get there, stopped in uh, a place called Baldwin Hill or Baldwin Park to get some In-N-Out Burger. Must get when you're on the West Coast. Uh, and on that drive, it just was peaceful. Like in those moments, I've really got a chance to meditate, to be with myself. As much as I would love to enjoy some of these nice things with with a partner or with a friend, it is nice when I'm looking at these um, memories and I'm looking at these pictures and these videos and just thinking about where my mind is in those moments. So on that drive into Palm Springs, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Sun was setting and it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful drive. So I get to Palm Springs. I'm speaking at this wellness summit. And I get to this gorgeous, amazing house. I find out that this house, uh, owned by the family of, of the person throwing the uh, the event, uh, P. Diddy. This is not far from the Coachella Valley, where the Coachella event is held. Big Coachella Festival, one of the largest music festivals in the world. P. Diddy had rented this house out before um, when he came into town. I mean, this is a house that's used for weddings and events. I mean, it's got... I mean, I think I stopped counting it. Ten bedrooms. It's got a, a rooftop terrace, a big pool, and a big yard and greenery mountains in the background. Perfect sunsets. I mean, it's just a place for tranquility. And the hospitality that was shown to me by, uh, you know, uh, the, the housekeepers, the, the owners, their family, they cooked meals for us. They made sure we were good by complete strangers. People who had never met me at all, who saw value in me for me to come out and be a part of this event, showed so much love. And I'm so indebted to uh, to the Wright family. Thank you so much for you know, your love and, 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 and your kindness to me while being in your home. I, I didn't want to leave. It just was so peaceful. I went out there and just really just, just, just like, am I, am I really here in these moments, you know? So shout out to Barney, one of my podcast listeners who recommended me for this event because her daughter is friends with with Rachel who threw the event. Uh, thank you, Marnie, for thinking of me and, and helped me to be involved. And it just was so beautiful to, and so serene to be out there. And I really did some of my own healing, my own self-work because I was out there to speak and I did that. And, you know, the reviews were that I did very well. A talk about self-acceptance. But when I was out there listening to some of the workshops and being involved in some of the conversations and meeting some of the folks and seeing why they were there personally, it was just like a wake-up call for me to just to be grateful, to think about everything that I experienced in 2022 and beyond and thinking about where I want to be in 2023. And this was like the perfect way for me to kickstart my year. And I want to share with you just a couple of takeaways, uh, me personally, about my own you know, self-work coming up. Uh, Mecca Amani, a good friend of mine, who you've heard me talk about on this podcast, she was the last guest of, episode, of season one back in late 2021. I've known her now almost two years, and we've linked up several times. 
uh, she was also there as a, as a guest speaker and she did a workshop about letting go and stop living in the past. And that was something that, that I've, I've been tested with. I've struggled with, right? Because, and I, and I realized with my ex-wife in particular, while I've been over her and my feelings for her and that for a while now, for a long time, maybe even well before the marriage ended, I still feel away. <laughs> I still feel away. I'm still a little pissed off about how things went down and the situation it put me in where had I defended myself the way I wanted to defend myself, where when lies were told about me or things were said about me that were not true, what it would have made me look like being put in that position. Because even just recently, I hadn't spoke to, to her maybe since like August, September or something like that. You know, divorce was finalized in July. We hadn't spoke, you know, last conversation she had reached out. She had said some things disrespectful to me in a text message when I was, you know, just trying to answer questions. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Block, right? Blocked her on the personal, blocked her on the on the on the work phone. We hadn't spoke. Well, recently, like a couple of weeks ago, she reached out about some taxes. And I won't go into full detail. She's had a question about how to file taxes for last year, right? Cool. Couldn't get to me. I think the email had blocked. She tried to email me. It blocked because it was tied to our contact, whatever. I was able to find it in a junk folder, responded, sent her an article from IRS. Cool. No response. No, whatever. Wish you the best. Next day, I'm, I'm told by a friend that she's still posting about me on social media, calling me a narcissist, calling, saying this, that, and the third. And I'm sitting here like, I did not send for you. You you coming for me, asking me a question. I'm being kind and giving you the answer. I've not said a word about you. I've been chilling. I've been grinding. I've been living my life. I sincerely wish you the best. I want no ill will to come from you or to come to you at all. Maybe you don't feel the same about me, but that's just what it is. And, but you still talking about me? But TDs are the test of me living in the past because like I'm tempted to want to go on. I'm, I'm tempted to want to like come on here and say some stuff, right? Not doing that. Speaking very intentional about an over a high level macro, right? But I'd be wanting to defend myself because like how how dare you call me a narcissist because I stopped loving you. Because I chose my life and my happiness over you. See, some people like that in life, and this isn't really about her now. This is a, a testament in general. They feel so entitled to your love. They feel entitled to you caring about them. So they assume that you must not care about anything else other than yourself because you don't care for them. So because I stopped being friends with you or stopped being in a relationship with you or I didn't show up this one time for you, it must be an issue with me. There must be something wrong with me that I chose myself over you, that I chose my happiness and chose, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's the road I'm going down. You don't really fit in this picture. And it's best that we go our separate ways because I'm only hurting you. And this is not really what I want. How dare you? Like some people just can't fathom the thought of like how how is no way he he cannot just 
yeah, there's a way. Like I chose myself. I'm not a narcissist. I love. I, I have a lot of loving, caring relationships and friendships with many people. I'm any my, anyone asks me, they know my heart. They know how I show up for the people that I love. It may not be a large group of people because we're gonna get into friendship in a minute. What real friendship is. But I show up for the people I care about. I've always done that. I'm not perfect. I don't always get it right. But my heart is good. My heart genuine. So if I made a decision to choose myself once because this was my happiness, this was my life, that's what I chose. It's a reflection of what I wanted for me. Not a reflection of who I am as a person that I always choose myself. But in some situations, you have to choose yourself. So I'm saying all this to say, and I'm not going to spend too much time here, but I wanted to give you guys some context because part of that workshop, she asked questions like, she said, describe what was 2022 like for you? I said, it was the year of me, right? Leveling up, right? I did a lot of healing, leveling up, accomplishing some things I never thought I would accomplish, right? Then she said, what are you going to do in 2023? And I said, my model's going to be don't let it up, double it. See, when I'm in a room for, full of successful people, I like to ask what made them successful. I like to ask them for advice. So I'm sitting at a table with the owner of this million-dollar house that, I'm, that I'm, I'm living in for three days, right? Super successful, humble guy, though. Like, you would never know. You walk past them in Walmart so unassuming, you would not know how wealthy he is, how successful he is, and he's still out there in the, in, in the field doing the work. I said, hey, um, what's the best piece of business advice, sir, that you got? He says, someone said, hey, you see this year that you did? You did really, really good this year. You did awesome. Now, if you want to be successful, find out how to double it. That's the best advice I ever got. I'm like, oh, okay. So then I used that as my line in that workshop. I said, all right, I was successful. I did a lot of healing, self-work. I did a lot of leveling up. I did a lot of, you know, growing with my podcast, my brand in 2023. It's got to be, how can I level up? How can I do more? How can I think outside the box and not limit myself, not define myself by certain titles? Open my horizons up to new things. It's going to be what 2023 it's going to be about. And, and then she finally asked, she says, what, what did you learn in the previous year? I said, I learned what my value is and what I deserve and relationships and friendships, and I'll never settle for anything less than. Never settle for anything less than. Because I realized what I have as a man to bring to the table and I need people around me, both friends, family, and my partner to work with that. I need people to appreciate that value and support me in the ways that I needed to be supported. And so taking those learnings from the previous year, I'm going to take that with me into 2023. And that's the principles that I'm planning on living by. So I wanted to share that with you guys because that was just really some self-work. Like while I was there, like I really kind of got emotional because I'm like, man, I'm really breaking down some barriers for myself. I'm here helping other people. And I think I did a great job in that. But I also heard some things that I needed 
for me. So shout out to 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 Mecca Amani, my good friend, for your your workshop, and can't wait to see what you continue to do in 2023. And yeah, that's just a little summary of of my two speaking gigs. There's some other things that are that are being booked and worked on for this year. Um, but those are obviously two things that I had to prepare for. So the rest and the break from podcasting proved to be beneficial. Uh, something else that I'm doing is I can't remember if I shared this before, but I'm actually officially a part of the Black Men Hill organization. So, you know, last year I had on Doug Reed on the podcast talking about Black Men Hill. I talked about me going to the Black Men Hill, uh, the Black Men Hill, uh, Black Men Need Hugs tour. I talked about uh, you know, some of the work that I was doing. I mean, I went to their event. So um, long story short, essentially, they had a gala in in November that I was there for in Camden, New Jersey. Um, I had T Sleeveless on, if you remember him last year as a poet. Um, he came on my podcast and I was instrumental in getting him to perform live at the gala. So before that time, you know, Taz uh, Sullivan, who, Sullivan, excuse me, who uh, is the founder of Blackman Hill, we, we had met a few different times at her events and she was really you know impressed with some of the work. And I think one time at one of the events in Philly in October, I like this put together a reel of what Ad saw that day. Just me just filming some stuff and she they loved it. They reposted it and it was like, yo, you you do a really good job with this. Can you help us, you know, um, promote? We got a gala coming up in November. This was October at the time. Can you help us promote? You've always showed up for us, like whatever you need. You know, we can, you know, you know, contribute financially as well. Just whatever. What what can you do? Help us to put some stuff together, some creative stuff. We need a new angle. And I did that. I was able to help them promote their gala, social media before November. When I was there in November, I filmed some more stuff while I was there, posted that. That went viral as well. And then afterward, like I thought my job was done. But she was like, can you can you just stay on and continue to do some social media stuff for us? We really like the eye that you have. We really like some of the stuff that you're doing. I'm like, you know, I'm not a social media like expert. I'm just, you know, nah, we, we want you to do it. So, you know, since then, since November, I've actually been officially working with Black Men Heal um, as their social media manager, particularly focusing on Instagram, where most of the following is. We've helped grow the page by about seven, eight thousand followers. We got a bunch of viral post and what I focus on is just good content, you know, promoting all their events, promoting good, wholesome black men content, um, posting to their stories, engaging with the audience, right? Creating opportunities, um, partnership opportunities, stuff like that. Keep my eye open for stuff. So it's been a pleasure working with them, being a part of an organization that values me and, and wants me to continue to help them. And now my eyes out to the field to continue to look for ways to build other partnerships with other brands and with with other, you know, organizations and communities who need healing, who who need us to come city to city. So more to come in 2023. But that's obviously been where a lot of my time has gone lately as well, too, because I feel like it was God giving me that direction uh, to work with this organization and to, to help get them you know, where they're wanting to go. So. Um, not sure if it'll be a, you know, all my life type thing, but I'm just excited for this period of time, getting a chance to work with them, getting some experience and, uh, let's see where it goes. So shout out to, to black men Hill. definitely follow them, uh, on, uh, social media, everything black men Hill. So that's one thing I've been working on. Um, and let me also kind of talk to, uh, about, about death. So something important that happened 
while I was gone is death. So there was death in the family. Um, my aunts on my dad's side, my dad's oldest sister passed away in January. And I mean, we'd have been expecting it for a while, um, but she passed away. And what's interesting about this, now my grandmother lost one other child when he was like young, when he was like 10, um, you know, dying super young. But like, I never knew him. I think he even passed before, I think even before my father was born and my youngest aunt, his youngest sister was born. So my dad's second to the youngest. Um, so this, my particular aunt, this was an aunt that I definitely, you know, grew up with, didn't, wasn't the closest to, right? But definitely grew up with. And this is the first, like, aunt I'm losing or uncle in death on either side of my mom or my dad's side. So it kind of hit different because on the surface, like, it wasn't much of a relationship there. But on the flip side, it's like that realization when you get to a point where, like, all right, I'm 30. And, you know, if I live long enough, which is the goal, like, I'm towards the younger of the grandkids. It's like, all right, if I live long enough, I live another 50, 60 years, then. I'm going to outlive all of them, right? Like, you know, all my aunts and uncles in their late 50s, 60s, right? 70s even. Grandmother's 88. Like, all right, I'm going to have to see all of them go in the ground one day. And that feeling, because death does some weird things to us, like grief is really, really weird sometimes. So that's one thing that I had struggled with and had just been reading and, and writing and um, just kind of coping in my own way because it just was a really, really weird weird situation where it's like all right wow like this kind of starts the you know cycle of life because before when see as human beings uh if someone's like we have this weird mentality where like we we know we're going to die but somehow we sometimes still think that we're immortal so we make certain decisions like we'll never die and then it takes people dying for us to be like oh my goodness life is so short they had so much life it don't matter if they're 20 and they pass away or if they're 70, like, it's just like, wow, you know, death, death is death. It's just so final. And, um, you know, going through those motions was definitely um, something that I struggled with. And, you know, this happened before these speaking engagements. One thing that did help was a reunite, uh, reuniting of my brothers. Uh, so I have four brothers, two of those brothers, or some, uh, I'm one of four, so I have three brothers. Two of those three came into town, and this was the first time that the three of us had been in a room together about 17, 18 years. And we all collectively went together into our, our aunt's wake, and none of my family knew that they were coming. I kind of helped arrange it in the background, and I was so happy to see my brothers and to be with them, to be around them, and to really cherish that moment and I think it's an important moment in our family um, to, sh to show that strength and to show that connection um, and that everything in the past could just be the past. Um, I'll be transparent. There are some issues that I have with several members of my family and there's several people that I don't speak to at all purposefully. Um, but I swallowed that for the because it was a death. Things were bigger than my personal feelings. While the death doesn't change my issues with some of my family, uh, you know, it, I'm glad that we had those moments. I'm glad that we had those moments. 
And I don't know what, what the future is for this family if things continue to just remain the same. And people never grow or evolve out of their conditioned mindset. If they if they continue to just stay, you know, stagnant uh, in that, or if they'll grow. And they'll realize that life is too short. But either way, that time was very, very important. It was a good time. And, you know, I think there's an important conversation that you have to have about your family, your friends, people who, you know, you surround yourself with, right? Because what I'm finding is sometimes there's people in your life who don't have the capacity to evolve with you. They don't have the capacity to evolve as you evolve, right? As you become your better version of yourself, as you find yourself, as you go on a journey of where you want to be, what you value, what becomes important to you, note that that changes. It's okay to change, right? Who you are, if you're listening right now and you're 22 years old, I promise you by the time you hit 30, you're going to be different. You're going to think different. Right. There's a lot of people who want to put you into a to a ball There's a, or a box rather. Right. And say you can only exist within these four walls. They want to condition you to think a certain way, to live a certain way and then say, well, if you ever come outside of this box and do anything different than what we've told you to do and what we've conditioned you to do. These four walls that we've put you in, that we've defined your existence into, we don't want anything to do with you. It's almost like they're frightened for you to evolve. They expect you to stay the same. No one stays the same. Right? Like life experiences, heartbreak, uh, things that we experience in life mold and shapes us into what we become. We think differently, we act differently, we make different types of decisions than we would have made. But there are people out there who claim to be your friends who really don't. They say on paper they support you, but they don't really support you. They support the version of you that you are right now. They support who you are in this very moment. But at the moment that you begin to flex, that you evolve, they're going to think away. They want you to be successful, but not too successful because they're afraid of your success. There's people who are afraid of you doing the things that they know that they don't have the capacity to do. So when they see you shining, they call you cocky. They say you're overconfident. Well, you know, Kanye say uh, the many things that Kanye says that I disagree with. He said at one time before he says overconfidence is a bad. How could you have too much confidence? As if people want to again put you into that box and say to you, you should think less of yourself to make me feel better. You shouldn't be as confident in your abilities and your skill set and what you do because it makes me feel less than. Because I walk around with my head down, so should you. What's wrong with thinking that you are enough, thinking that you're capable, thinking that you can do this? What's wrong with that? But so many people around you will tell you that that's, that's not okay because for them, they can't fathom it because of their mindset, because they haven't evolved. They're still stuck in the past. And sometimes in friendships in life, you will unfortunately outgrow people. You will move on from friendships. That's okay. Because where you're going in your life, you'll find and meet new friends in your next phase. People who will understand you, support you, not conditionally, 
because there's a lot of people out there who conditionally support you. They, there's conditions to their love, right? We're going to love and support you as long as you do A or B or C, right? It's not tied to who you are. It's tied to what you do. There's a difference. We're talking about friendship people. And there's people out there who are toxic friends or toxic family in, in sheep's clothing, right? They're wolves in sheep's clothing, to quote a biblical reference, right? There's people out there. I, I went through a couple of experiences, right, uh, these past few months, and I learned some about friends or lack thereof, right? Situation where, let's just say, for example, hypothetically, I'm a great friend to someone, right? I support this person. I show up for them, do things for them genuinely out of the kindness of my heart, right? Support all the things they're interested in, support who they are as a person, show up constantly for them, and told in return, you're a great friend, you're a good person, you're a stand-up guy, you're an amazing person, one of the most amazing people I've ever met. You get that a lot, right? That's like the line, you know, like when the girl breaks up with you uh, and she says, it's not you, it's me. You know, you're the greatest guy ever, but you're just not <laughs> that classic line. That's what, that's what, that's what this situation feels like, right? You do all the right things. You're not perfect. Of course you make mistakes. If you ever met, made a mistake or said something to offend someone, you'd always obviously want to apologize. But imagine that same person that you've done everything for that they say that you're, they affirm you, that you're a great friend, one of a kind type of person, the heart, the person that you are could have the audacity to say to you one on another day, I consider us friends but I just don't really want to be talked to you like that because something that you said or done or before bothers me, makes me want to distance myself from you or don't want to really speak to you, but we're friends. Now this has happened to me on multiple occasions, right? And so in the moment, I didn't really process what that meant, but now I can see clearly and vividly, right? That's not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> your friends, if your friend, if someone's really your friend and they have an issue with you, they're going to sit down with you, talk it out, work it out, go forward. I can never tell someone, yo, you my friend, you my homie, you my dog. I just don't really want to hang out with you. Then you're not my friend. I, I respect people more for sitting or standing on what they believe in. Everyone's not going to be your friend. In fact, I don't have that many. I don't need that many. I have a lot of acquaintances, people that, hey, I see you, no issues with you. There's a difference between friend and acquaintance. But friendship is special. Friendship is something that you both build and spend time and and building together. It takes, you know, checking on you. You check on me like it's a partnership. It can't just always be one-sided. It needs to be two people pouring into each other, hearing each other out, and willing to admit that if they've made a mistake or said or done something wrong or misleading or they've 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 pissed you off, that you can apologize and come back from it. That's friendship, right? And then sometimes there, there are things that you can't come back from, and a friendship could end. But if a, a friendship is genuine and someone's truly in your corner, truly wants to see you be successful, truly wants to be there for you, and then they tell you one day, well, you know, I, we're, we're friends, but I just, you know, don't really want to be around you or I have a bad taste in my mouth or whatever, wake up call. They're not really your friends. 
Maybe they're being too nice because maybe they don't want to say what's really on their mind. Maybe they're trying to dance around it. But someone can't look you in your eyes and tell you that they're friends with you but don't want to associate with you. That's not friendship. It's not. And we have to be able to see through the, the smoke screen, right? Talk about toxic friendships, toxic relationships. There's a lot of people out there who give off this, this superiority vibe of a friendship, but when it comes time to show up, they, they're part-timers. They really aren't there. They don't really show up for you like maybe you've shown up for them. And I think that lesson is very hard to learn sometimes because you sit there, you do things for people, you pour into people out of the kindness, out of the genuineness of your heart, and then people smack you in the face and tell you that they don't really care. How do you, how do you work through that? How do you learn to trust people if every time you tend to trust and be vulnerable with someone, they could treat you that way? They could look you in your eyes on one day and say how good of a person you are, but then yet say they have a problem with you. I'd respect someone more for saying, look, you just ain't for me. We don't mesh, right? In relationships, just tell the guy, yo, we ain't really, you know, it, we, it ain't a good fit. Then to try to lead him on or make him believe that they're... Maybe then turned around and gaslight that guy and make him feel like he did something wrong. Well, maybe the problem is you. Maybe there's healing that you need to do. Maybe there's things that are going on deep within you and yourself that causes you to act in such a toxic way. These are lessons that I've learned and been learning on this healing journey of mine, right? Is to know the difference between friends and acquaintances. And to surround myself with people who want to support me and support the version of me now and the version that I'm evolving to be, right? Who know that I'm not a perfect person, but if I make a mistake and I offend you and I do something wrong, I'm man enough to admit it, to apologize. But you would trust that people who love and care about you will want to communicate with you and give you that opportunity to speak for yourself, give you that opportunity to 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 apologize, to grow from it. And then that can make the relationship stronger, right? Because when it's real, you can mend, you learn more about that person. Like the beginning of a relationship are always difficult, right? Because you're in a relationship, right? And in those first few months, you start to like really second guess a lot of things. You're not sure, you might have more fights because you're still learning the person. You're still getting to know them. And then once you learn them and understand what their needs are, and you make some mistakes along the way, you apologize, you grow from it, it makes you stronger. Same thing in friendships. But ask yourself, are you, are you around people who have the capacity to evolve with you? Do they have the capacity for your future? Because if not, then you need to cut ties. And sometimes people come in your life for a season to teach you something. Maybe they weren't meant to be lifelong friends. I, I ended the couple podcasts last year with the Medea famous quote about the branches, the leaves. Everyone plays a role. That's okay. But it is a disappointment sometimes when you find someone who you might think to have been that long-term friend and you find out they were just temporary. Maybe they were just in it to get something, to gain something. And maybe they were looking at you like, like the leaves that come with the season and you were looking at them like they were solid and something that could last a long time. It's a disappointment. So what I'm learning from myself, from my own mental health is to go into things with no expectations. To go in first with my genuine, authentic self, to be myself, I'd rather you hate me for who I am than love me for who I'm not. And then I'm going to 
I'm going to be, I'm going to learn to be okay with exactly who I am. And that might be enough for someone and for someone else that may not enough. And that's okay. But I will not, this is just me speaking, learn, this is from my learnings. I will not tolerate anyone to ever disrespect my character, to ever disrespect my name, to ever make me feel like I'm a bad person when I know that I'm a great person to a lot of people. And unfortunately, sometimes there's people out there who don't deserve that goodness. And these are things that I'm learning, folks. I'm just being vulnerable. I'm just going off the cuff. Something else I wrote down that I wanted to to break down uh, briefly. Well, before I go there, um, friendship. Back to friendship real, real, real quick. One thing I wrote down as a note, because when I came back to this microphone, I had a couple of points I wanted to hit on. There's people who will judge you for making choices, for living life your way. And there's people who will think things of you based off of what they've heard or assume things based off of what they think they've seen and and never give you an opportunity to speak for yourself, never give you an opportunity to defend yourself, to actually genuinely come to you and ask you, hey, are you all right? Or what's going on? They'll just up and leave your life. They'll just up and and remove you from their life and not want anything to do with you just for, for whatever reason. And while that's the right, understand that people like that would treat you that way. People who you might've thought are like family to you. They could be family. They could be like family. They could be friends. That's a sign that they aren't for you. They weren't meant to really be in your life, at least not long-term. Because people who really care about you, people who truly care about you as a person, if they, again, kind of back a little bit to the subset of the point about having an issue with you, if they were worried, they had concerns about your lifestyle, concerns about your choices, concerns about things that you're doing, and they had questions, they would never just assume and run off with a narrative. They would never just uh, listen to rumors. They would come to you directly and ask you. And if not, if they don't have a relationship with you to be able to come to you directly and ask you straight up what's going on, how can they help, then they're not really really who you think they are. So that's the last one. I just had to mention that one more point. And the last thing I wanted to really talk about before I really, really deep dive uh, is God. (laughs) Like, I love God. And I think my faith in God has been strengthened even more so in the year 2022 because of all the things that I think I was able to accomplish. I knew that I wanted to be able to do those things alone, right? And so I consider myself a Christian and I love me some God. But one thing I I do hear a lot, right, when I'm listening out there in the field is I'll hear people say things like this. Well... Let's just take friendship, for example, since we've been talking a lot about friendship. They'll say, oh, you know, that, that friendship ended. You know, uh, I just, well, let's just look at our friendship. Let's go to relationships. The girl will say, oh, you know, they didn't work out with, with so-and-so. Guess it wasn't meant to be. That's not what God wanted for me. God wanted something different. And he, here's here's my fear, right? I feel like 
we, we live in a society where so many people give all the credit to God, all credit to God, when things are going good. And then when things are going bad, they put the, the blame and they say, well, the devil, this must be the devil working, right? But what I don't hear a lot from people, and again, your faith is your faith, and I'm not trying to take your faith away. I'm just trying to make a point here that I feel like a lot of people don't hold themselves accountable. They don't, and in both good or bad ways, they don't give themselves credit. You go in there and nail the interview tomorrow and you get that huge promotion that you've been waiting on for years. You come out and say, God did, right? I love saying God. I got a shirt that says God did. DJ Khaled, amazing big song last year. God talking about all the things that God can do for you. I'm a believer. But think about this. If that guy comes out and says, hey, this was all God, are you potentially cutting yourself short of your own abilities and your talent that got you to that level? Meaning, while God is real and supports you and is there for you, what did you do <laughs> to get that job? You had to go in there and nail that interview, have a great resume, you've been working hard, present yourself as the best candidate out of however many to get the role. Because when you say stuff like, well, God did, it was meant to be, because God said it would be, well, what about the other 19, just 20 candidates? Let's say, what about the other 19 candidates? Well, God won't with them. <laughs> he was only with you. He chose you, not them, for some reason. Again, whatever you believe is what you believe, but I feel like there's a lot of people who use God as a scapegoat and they don't hold themselves accountable. That's on the good side. On the bad side, they'll do bad things. They'll be toxic people. They'll have toxic traits. They'll say and do toxic things, negative things, and then say, well, you know, and into a breakup, they'll ignore anything that they've contributed to the breakup and say, well, that just, well, God just didn't want that for me. Well, maybe he did and you didn't try hard enough. <laughs> maybe he did want these things for you, but you didn't work hard enough to, for him to deliver. Because, you know, someone told me a while ago, um, it was a quote, it says that when God has a vision, he gives you his provision, right? Like he can provide. And I believe in that. I believe that, that you know, when you pray on things, you can speak things into existence and that God can be with us in each and everything that we do. But I also will not hold myself short of what I can do. Of work. Some people just think, I'm just going to go pray for something and it's going to happen. Are you working in harmony with it? What are you doing to work in harmony with what you're asking for? What are you doing to put forth effort? So a lot of people can use that as a scapegoat and never really put forth effort. And just assume if things aren't going well, that's just the way things are meant to be. But could it be that you're not working hard enough? Could it be that you're not taking things as serious enough? Could it be that there's opportunity for you to grow? Think about it. And, and that goes for both for both when, when things aren't going well or when things are going well. When things are going well, give the credit to God if that's what you believe in. But also, is, couldn't it be true that you worked your tail off and you deserved it? Two things can be true. But that, that's just my two cents. I just feel like for me, one thing I've learned is to definitely be eternally grateful for all the gifts and all, all the blessings that I have been bestowed upon me. But I also know that these blessings 
and this purpose that I've been I've been going down come with me having to put forth work, me having to get up and do what I got to do. I can't just wake up and be carried to work, be woke up and carried to the podcast, be woke up and carried on a plane to go speak. I have to to, to work. I have to to practice. I have to, you know, even when you have God-given gifts, the people out there on the football field playing the Super Bowl, playing basketball, athletes, they got to work out. They got to train. They take care of their bodies. They they pay people to be able to, to do what they do. And then they get, they get out there and they say, well, I want to thank my wife. I want to thank my family. I want to thank God. Great. But don't forget to thank yourself. Don't forget to hold yourself accountable for what you do, good and bad. Praise yourself when you're doing something good and be willing to criticize yourself when you're doing something bad and hold yourself accountable and don't just push it off on God or anyone else. Part of the development process as human beings, what I've learned from my experience, is being willing to acknowledge your wrongs. Acknowledge them and grow from them or else you're constantly just chasing this idea that I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and what's meant to be will just be meant to be. And if you believe that, great. Me personally, I've learned that I don't. I, 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 be, I believe that I have the ability to go out there and make change. I believe that I have the ability to go out there and make a decision that can, that can change my life both in the most positive way and in the most negative way. And that's free will. And that's the ability to go out there and to impact and to hold myself accountable for whatever the results are. So podcasting, podcasting, man, uh, you know, I I titled this episode the way I did for a reason. And, you know, I want to start with the lyrics to the song that was playing, um, a song that I I probably listened to 40 times while I was gone. And one of the lines is hear me from far away. I'm done with yesterday. I'm living for today. So now I've been good on the regular. I've seen things even clearer. These new days, I've lived it up. And I feel those words so strongly in my heart. Spoiler alert. I'm not ending the podcast. But as I go into my future, I've been talking about evolution. If you you notice how I pod, everything that I talk about has a meaning. And in this next phase, podcasting can't just be the only thing I do. I don't want to limit myself to the word I'm a podcaster. I'm a I'm a truth teller. I'm a storyteller. I'm a I'm a passionate creator. I'm a mental health expert. I'm a national, a nationally recognized speaker, influencer, creative, relationship builder, networker. One of my mentors told me to think bigger than just podcasting. He says, look, you, you, you 30 in divorce. You, you got so much to talk about relationships and, and divorce. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, it didn't work out. <laughs> What am I going to tell someone about a marriage? He said, that's the point. You could tell them what not to do. Tell them what you learned. He told me Steve Harvey wrote a book. He'd been divorced three times and wrote a book that they ate up into a movie about my relationship advice. People, You think people just want advice from people who've been married 30, 40 years and quote unquote perfect. They not perfect, number one. Number two, no, a lot of people want to hear from the people who messed up, 
who can speak from failure because the people who've been together 45 years, it seemed like they never had none from the outside view, even though we know they've had to go through some battles we can't see. But at least someone like you who's been divorced and the way that you got divorced, they know you messed up. They know you had to learn something. Can you speak from that? And I say, you know what? That's a good point. Don't, don't define yourself or limit yourself in that box that some people want to put you in. People want to put you in a box. So you just a podcaster and that's it. You do a podcast, you bring people on to talk about mental health and that's it. No, you're more than that. You are more than just a guy who creates audio episodes of mental health conversations. You can go create those conversations. You create content. You create conversations. You speak. You motivate. You can speak about mental health. You can speak about relationships, trauma, healing, black men, black boys, family issues, friendship issues. Don't think of yourself just as a podcaster. Of course, it's called a podcast, but that's just one notch on your belt. Think about all the other gifts that you have. And that's where I'm at today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm at a point where I want to examine all the gifts. So when I, when I said earlier that some of the advice I, I was given was to double it, that's exactly what I tend to do. Another successful man at that, at that table that I was talking to, a gentleman, a lawyer, retired, he told me about, and not even in a braggadocious way, he living in Canada, they got a home there for six months, and they come to Palm Springs for three, and they go to Hawaii for three, they own a property in Hawaii. I said, well, how's, how's the weather in uh, Vancouver, wherever you're from? He says, it's good enough for six months. And he looked at me, and he laughed. Him and his wife are both retired, married for like 40 years. He says, you know what? I was told a long time in business. He's obviously successful. He says, if you can't hide it, feature it. If you can't hide it, feature it. So I can't hide some of the gifts and some of the things in my head that I've been blessed with. So my only choice is to feature it. But I'm going to be intentional this year about how I do so. There's some things working in the background. I'm I'm working on a rebrand of rebranded look. I'm looking at some new software. I'm, I'm, there's a lot of things I'm working on, and that's been a delay. That's been why we haven't come back. There's been some episodes of the podcast that we recorded previously um, that will come out. I don't know when. I'll, I'll tell you this. Before the two-year anniversary of the podcast, but I'm not sure when. I hope maybe sometime in March. Maybe, right? Late February, March, maybe, but I don't want to give any dates. This time last year when I came, I gave a date and I stuck to it. But right now, to be frank, I'm not ready to come back yet. But here's what I am ready to say. As I said on January 30 of 2022, I said that this year will be amazing. Speaking of 2022. And at the end of the year, I could intelligently say I did everything I said I was going to do. So now this year, let's try it again. Now I'm challenging myself to think outside of that box that I've been placed in. And I'm going to go forth unapologetically. And the same thing I said then was everyone can't go. And that's the same for this journey. Everyone can't go. I'm going to surround myself with people who, who see more than me 
see more of me than just what was in that box. And that box is symbolic of not just what I do with this podcast and with speaking. It's my life in general. People who wanted to keep me in the box, who never saw more of me than what was in the box within those limits. I'm blowing the box up and I'm going to be the best version of myself. That's what I wanted to come in here and tell you guys. I'm blessed to have an amazing audience. I'm, I'm blessed to gain the listeners and the friendships I have along the way. 2023, I'm going to double up. It's time to double up. It's time to recognize my value and to ask for nothing less. There's some amazing things that's going to be announced very, very soon. I thank you all for tuning in to this, whatever you want to call this, of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Stay tuned with us. We'll be back. Make sure you follow us on the Mental Wealth Podcast Instagram, under the Mental Underscore Wealth Podcast on IG for updates, for content. But I'm feeling freer than I ever felt before. I want to leave you guys with some important, important affirmations. Priority list. Myself, things that nourish me back, being financially responsible, protecting my heart, getting adequate sleep, sitting in nature often, my spiritual work, unlearning, relearning, my future over my past. Stop being afraid to be competent. Life is too short to deny all the things that make you special. If, you, if your light makes someone else uncomfortable, that's not your job to worry about. I can't fix others, and I'm grateful I'm not burdened with trying to do so. I'm in charge of my evolution. I'm doing my best. I, I can with what I have, and that is enough. My bravery will look different each day, and that is okay. I change my life when I change my thinking. I change my life when I change my habits. And listen here. You are capable. You are worthy. You are talented. You are protected. You are so chosen. You are inspiring. You are beautiful. You are loved. You have meaning, you have value, you have purpose. Keep going and stay tuned to the Mental Wolf Podcast. Now there's no more room for clothes. Got me singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you hold my hand, it just reminds Then I run and we run with the rivers You help me fly You give me life Cause darling, when you smile it's like the Me 